the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. Yes, indeed it is. And thank you for being with us on this Thursday, the 23rd morning of the first month of the year of our Lord, 2020. Really appreciate good conversation with Daniel Horowitz last segment. I want to uh, welcome in our regular Thursday guest at this time now. He probably needs no introduction for you if you are a regular listener, but I'll give you one in case you're a newbie. Dr. Everett Piper is the former uh, president of Oklahoma Wesleyan University. He is a leading evangelist in this country. He is a a highly sought-after public speaker, as well as a uh, regular columnist for the Washington Times. And he joins us now once again on AM 1420, The Answer. Dr. Piper, good to have you back. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Bob. Uh, One correction. I probably am not an evangelist, maybe an evangelical, but not an evangelist. Maybe an evangelist for the Constitution. Thank you. Okay, correct. I should have said probably evangelical, not evangelist. Thank you. That's very well said. I apologize for that. I know you're not exactly uh, in, you don't have a congregation that you speak to. Uh, Okay. Uh, But but you were counted among one of the leading evangelicals uh, that, uh, you know, received a lot of condemnation for your support of Trump in one of our conversations a couple of weeks ago, which I uh, which, by the way, you know what? Since we're there, let me let me just ask you uh, out of order of the subjects that I wanted to discuss with you this morning, Doctor Piper. Uh, what does it mean to you that the President of the United States, and this should please all evangelicals and evangelists while we're at it, uh, and uh, all people of faith and who believe that life is precious and begins at conception, and that is that President Trump is going to be speaking tomorrow at the March for Life in Washington D.C., the first sitting president to ever do so. Here's what it means. I have no option but to support him, to champion him, to applaud him, to thank him, and to vote for him. Because to vote against him, to vote for anybody else in this general election, would be to vote for the death of thousands upon thousands of our youngest human beings. This is immoral. It's unacceptable. 
There is no choice. I was not pro-Trump in the primaries during 2015-16. In fact, I spoke against and wrote against Donald Trump as a candidate because at that time he was still known for previous commitment to being pro-choice and, in fact, even had said things of supporting abortion up to the point of partial birth abortion. Therefore, I would not support him. Donald Trump has had a conversion in that area of his life. I don't know why. I don't know what got to him. But it is clear that this man is pro-life. He is no longer pro-abortion and pro-death. This man supports the right of every human being to live. And if we don't thank him, applaud him, and vote for him, we are consigning millions of our youngest children to the garbage bin of Planned Parenthood. We have no option. What does it mean that he's doing this? He is a president that supports life, period. You know, that is uh, so very well said. Uh, I I don't often uh, encourage people to be one-issue voters. Um, I know a lot of people are. Uh, maybe that issue is is the abortion debate, the pro-life or the pro-choice. Maybe it's you know immigration and, and border walls versus open borders. I, I, I encourage people to be well-rounded. But I agree. If you believe in life and if you believe in, in the right and the sanctity of, of life to be given an opportunity, um, that is the one issue you probably can and should decide. I, 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 you can talk about fiscal policy, you can talk about foreign policy, you can talk about all kinds of things that may impact your vote, but if you really truly are a believer in life, you're right, Dr. Piper. People should just look at it and say, I have no choice. He, I don't like his tweets, maybe I don't like his personality, maybe I don't like his hair, maybe I don't like his orange skin that he tans himself to be. But doggone it, he's pro-life, and that should be the most important thing for me. It, it, it has to be. Um, C.S. Lewis talked about first things and second things. He's not the only one to do that. And freshman year philosophy teaches you about what's called the summum bonum, the highest good. All of us have to make decisions in life on those things that are the highest good, those first things. And Lewis tells us if you don't get the first things right, you never get the second things, the lesser things, those things that aren't the highest priority. If you sacrifice the highest good, the ideal, then those things that follow will be compromised likewise. If we can't define the human life as given by God and not constructed by government or social policy, if we can't acknowledge that God defines life, you don't, I don't, Donald Trump doesn't, No one defines life but God. If we can't agree on that, that there are certain self-evident truths and unalienable rights, and among them are life and liberty, and that those self-evident truths have been endowed to us, those rights have been endowed to us, not by government and not by human construct and not by opinion and not by feelings, but the facts of a creator. An omniscient creator has endowed the human being with the dignity of human identity and life. It's called the Imago Dei, the image of God. If we don't get that first thing right and vote for the first thing, I don't care what else you vote for and what else you hold dear. If the first thing is compromised, then the foundation crumbles. 
A passionate argument with conviction, and very well said. Thank you very much for that. Dr. Everett Piper is our guest on AM 1420, the answer for his regular Thursday visit. Um, let's get back on track now. Again, I kind of went out of order there because we started talking about evangelicism and and uh, and, this, and the like. Let's talk about the Democrat Party. You wrote your column on Friday for the Times, Washington Times, headline, Democrats have lost their ever-loving minds. And, uh, and it's really wide-ranging. You're covering everything from Alec Baldwin to Lev Parnas to the Government Accountability Office, to Michael Bloomberg. Um, I'm going to give you wide latitude here to kind of do the same. I'm, I'm watching it happen and play out in real time, long, slow, slow real time, uh, during this uh, uh, House manager's opening uh, arguments presentation in the Senate trial for the president's impeachment. Um, I agree. They've lost their heaven love of minds. But tell us uh, a little bit more about what you're seeing. Well, I know I have to be quick before your break, but here, uh, here are just a couple quotes. And I'm being a little snarky. Can you imagine that? Uh, <laughs> I said this. On Thursday, the bombshell testimony from Lev Parnas proved to be little more than a Dollar General plastic pop gun. Mr. Parnas is under indictment for fraud, and his own foreign minister says, frankly, I don't trust a word he's now saying. And then I conclude by saying, can you spell Michael Avenatti here? In other words... This is a compromised individual. If there ever was one, why are the Democrats listening to him? It's because they've lost their minds. They can't think their way out of a paper bag because of their Trump derangement syndrome. Likewise, the GAO, that's the Government Accountability Office, and if you want to know what that is, Google oxymoron for further definition. Report. They reported, the GAO reported that the Trump administration broke the law by delaying disbursement of Ukrainian funds. My response, as should everyone else's response listening, should be, so what? Back in 2014, the same GAO ruled that Obama broke the law by swapping five detainees at Guantanamo for the deserter Bo Bergdahl. Do you remember all the cries for impeachment then? Surely you do, don't you? Oh, oh, that's right. The deafening sound of crickets must have drowned it out. I go on and I talk about Governor Blackface Northam in Virginia declaring a state of emergency because he created a state of emergency by suspending the U.S. Constitution. And now all of a sudden we're surprised that Virginians think they're United States citizens and that they should have the guaranteed constitutional rights that the Constitution gives them. You might want to go see if Governor Northam took a Socratic uh, a, a course, in his freshman-level course of Socratic logic and self-fulfilling prophecies and begging the question. A key one for me this week, Bob, was this. Alec Baldwin, a paragon of virtue if there ever was one, a man who has been recorded verbally abusing his wife and his children, a model citizen who's been convicted of physically assaulting strangers, a guy who routinely employs a vocabulary that the U.S. Navy has officially labeled embarrassing, took to Twitter to audition publicly for the role of a deranged hypocrite. He said this, the moral collapse of an entire country falls squarely in the lap of Trump supporters. And then I concluded in that particular comment by saying, if the emoji for hum is the first thing that comes to mind, you're not alone. Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, Michael Bloomberg, the list goes on and on. The hypocrisy and the duplicity and the self-refuting nature of all of their arguments and all of their claims. Pete Buttigieg, 
a delusional man who's the poster child for a Pauline debased mind continues to define himself as a born again Christian. Did somebody say something about crazy? I mean, it is just bizarre what we're having having to watch in this parade of the insane. There's a reason why we have Dr. Everett Piper on. That rant was uh, was a good evidence of that. I'm going to follow up on that after our break here and ask you what the future of the Democrat Party is. Not the future in November. I'm talking about the distant future. Uh, someone asked me that question the other day, and I want to see where your answer uh, compares to mine. Dr. Everett Piper, back with us after this. Through downtown, through Greater Cleveland on 102.5 FM. It's the Bob France Authority. Ten twenty-three. We continue now uh, once again with Dr. Everett Piper, uh, columnist for the Washington Times, former president of uh, Oklahoma Wesleyan University. Dr. Piper, real quick before I get to the Denver Post and the latest insanity of the uh, of the Rainbow Mafia running the show, uh, even in the press. Um, somebody asked me on Facebook uh, about a week ago, not even a week ago. Bob, where do you see the Democratic Party in ten years? And and I and I want I've got to paraphrase my answer because I don't have it in front of me. But I said I see it continuing to contract. I see it really, really continuing to shrink because it is nobody's Democratic Party from ten years ago. It's nobody's Democratic Party even from the time of Bill Clinton. Uh, it, it is continuing to move further and further to the left. The more that AOC and the squids uh, take over and shove it in that direction, to the point when even former Democrat moderates like Joe Biden have to embrace the far left progressive uh, principles. I feel like it's going to scare the living bejesus out of the, the American people, and it's going to continue to contract. Based on what you just said in your column about the left, or Democrats, rather, losing their ever-loving minds, um, how do you answer the question? Where is the Democrat Party 10 years from today? I agree with you that the Democrat Party will, in fact, already has contracted intellectually and ideologically. This is not a party of diversity. This is a party of foreclosure. They do not welcome a debate. You must comply. You must submit. You must be one of them. You must be part of what the Germans called the Ubermensch, the supermen, the people who know everything and will suppress all who disagree and impose their will upon culture. That's the Democratic Party today. It's the party of AOC. It's the party of the squad. It's the party of anti-Semitism. It's the party of overt and proud socialism. That is the Democratic Party. Now, where I question maybe your optimism is that I, I hear implicit in your comment, Bob, that you think the contraction will result in fewer votes. Yes, in numbers. I'm not sure. I'm not sure it'll revo- result in fewer votes, and the reason for it is our educational system. The Democrats control mm. education. They control it locally. They control it in the elementary school, in the high school. They control it in the college. The Democrats control education, and what you teach in the classroom will be practiced in our culture. That's why you have so many millennials who are championing socialism right now. It's because that's what they're being taught. And why did we fall so quickly into the lunacy of declaring that women aren't real, that there are 50 different genders? How did we fall so fast? Just in the last five years, how did we fall so fast that a guy 
uh, a guy, your counterpart, a radio talk show host in Denver gets fired for saying that there are only two genders. How did that happen? Education. It happened in elementary school, drag queen story hours. It happened in the curriculum of Common Core and the sexual indoctrination of our children. It happened in high school in the teaching of socialism and anti-constitutional republicanism. This is how we've come to the point in our culture where everything falls over the cliff so quickly. It's education. Very accurate and very sobering. You're right. Uh, they do control that, and that is uh, that is a very good point. To the to the Denver story, um, I, I don't know. You said he's a radio show host. He may. I don't know, but he's a Denver Post columnist. I know that for sure. That's, uh, oh, sorry. Uh, sorry. Yeah, and, and he may do radio, too. You know, there's a lot of crossover these days, and that's okay. Joe Caldera is his name. He's the president of a, uh, of a libertarian independence institute, apparently, in addition to being a columnist for the Post. And he said, quote, my column is not a soft-voiced, sticky, sticky sweet, NPR-styled piece which employs the language now mandated by the victim-centric identity politics-driven media. What seemed to be the last draw for my column was my insistence that there are only two sexes and my frustration that to be inclusive of the transgendered, even that word isn't allowed, we must lose our right to free speech. What he had done, of course, is criticized an AP directive, Associated Press directive, saying that sex and gender are not binary. He argued in his column there are XX and XY chromosomes and that's it. It is the very definition of binary. The AP ruling it so uh, that it isn't so doesn't change the science. Um, that 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 staggered me, and I knew you would have thoughts on that, Dr. Piper. Go ahead. Well, when you control language, you control everything. If you can tell people what to say, if you can tell people what to write, then there is no human freedom. If you can control the mind, if you can control the voice, if you can control communication, if you can control radio commentary or written commentary, we do not live in a free culture and a free society any longer. And this goes back to Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson became famous worldwide because the University of Toronto issued the the exact same mandate. You must begin using gender-neutral pronouns and all of this gender inclusivity immediately at the University of Toronto. And Jordan Peterson said, no, I will not do this. But what was his explanation? He said, one of my areas of expertise, one of my areas of scholarship, is that I understand totalitarian regimes, and I understand that the way these regimes controlled their people was through the control of language and communication. And this forcing upon culture what you will say and what you will not say. He said, no, I will not do that. And he has become a paragon of intellectual freedom as the result. This man, uh, your counterpart, if you will, in Colorado, has been told how he can and cannot communicate. And it's coming from the AP. It's coming from the AP. And anybody who doesn't comply, you will be expelled. Well, that is exactly right, and the AP does control a lot of speech, and it does control a lot of language, and now we know also that editorial boards do as well. And the real, the real chutzpah here, Dr. Piper, is the at the end of that column that I was discussing with you, the editor, in responding to uh, the free, uh, Washington Free Beacon, said that, I'm writing a job description to fill his position as we speak. I hope that conservative Colorado writers will apply, knowing that we value conservative voices on our pages and don't have a litmus test for their opinions. That's the definition of chutzpah because they just fired somebody who uh, said something that was contrary to their opinions. So, okay. uh, th- Here, yeah, here's, what, here's what I have in request. 
Yeah. You nominate me. <laughs> you nominate me <laughs> to be the replacement. We'll see what they say. That's a great idea, and I may do just that. Dr. Everett Piper, thank you so much, my friend. God bless. Blessings. Bye-bye. 10.30 news time now, and on the flip side of that, Jim Simpson returns to our program with us from the Red Green Axis Exposed. There is a town hall-style meeting. Not town hall meeting, I guess I don't want to call it that, but uh, uh, there is a national security briefing from RGA Exposed. My friend Dan Romato, formerly of Act for America, is hosting it. Jim Simpson, actually he's putting it on. Jim Simpson will host it. And we're going to talk about free speech, and we're going to talk about why it is censored, tracked and censored by the likes of Google and YouTube. I'll let Jim Simpson explain that next on AM 1420, The Answer. Onward. We go. 1035, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks again to Dr. Everett Piper. We spoke last hour with Daniel Horowitz at Conservative Review, really good conversations. Uh, a lot of a lot of ground we're covering today, besides just the impeachment story. I want to pivot now to security. I can call it national security to an extent. Online security certainly would certainly uh, would would apply as well. Uh, that from the Department of Redundancy Department. Um, I want to talk about uh, censorship, and I want to talk about spying, and I want to talk about uh, free speech. All of the above affected by the tech giants uh, that work and operate out of Silicon Valley, that dictate what you see, what you hear, what you believe. They dictate uh, in their, their own judgment what is real news, what is fake news, and the like. The tech giants include Google, YouTube, Apple, obviously, um, as well as, uh, um, oh, for goodness sakes, I'm trying to remember the other platforms, Twitter, uh, they all are, are essentially deciding what you can see and what you can't see, what you can reach and what you cannot reach, what uh, you say, who it reach. I can speak to this specifically as it pertains to Twitter because I have been shadow banned now for at least two weeks. Tweets that I would send out to my 28,000 followers uh, that would normally result in a, you know, a couple of hundred reactions, whether they be likes or retweets or comments or whatever, are reaching five and six people now. Uh, they shadow ban. They determine what you can do and what you cannot do, what you say and cannot say, and who can reach you. Now, all of that is going to be addressed um, in the online security meeting that is being held by RGAE, which is Red Green Access Exposed. Uh, you've uh, listened to me in the past talk with Jim Simpson uh, about uh, Act for America events that he would be hosting, uh, online or in-person uh, events with speakers talking about matters of great importance to all of us. Uh, they are now Red Green Access Exposed instead. Uh, Jim and uh, Dana Marmada and Bev Goldstein, who of course ran Act for America, the Cleveland chapter, have created Red Green Access Exposed, and they will be hosting the online security briefing with the Google whistleblower, Zach Voorhees, who will uh, join Jim to talk about all of the above. Let's bring Jim Simpson, who wrote the books, uh, Red Green Access Exposed, 1 and 2, joining us now on AM 1420, The Answer. Uh, Jim, good to talk to you again, sir. How are you? Hey, Bob. Great to be with you. Terrified. I am terrified of what big tech does and what they know and how they can influence what you know, what I know, what we think we know, and what's real and what isn't real. Uh, this is such an important uh, issue that you're going to broach with uh, Zach Voorhees coming up on Sunday. Can you tell me a little bit of background here about uh, Mr. Voorhees? Yeah, he uh, was a Google um, 
tech guy, and he... Um, eight and a half years. Eight and a half years he worked for Google and yeah. YouTube, just to clarify that yeah. for everybody. He was yeah. a senior software engineer who has um, yeah. acknowledged he is the Google whistleblower with uh, Project Veritas. And unlike... Unlike Charamella and the impeachment nonsense, this guy actually was in the rooms. He was in the front lines of all of this. So when we say he's a whistleblower, he's a real one. Yeah, no, he he actually really is. And, you know, one of the um, <clears throat> things that keyed him in to what Google was doing was that whole flap about the term kafeve. Remember that? When sure, Trump sure. The president tw- president tweet, tr- tweeted the word kofefe, co- I think is how people are pronouncing it, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he went to look that up, and he found that what happened was Google, as soon as he had tweeted that out, Google removed all references to the definition of that term so that nobody could find anything on it. And, of course, that what followed was the uh, New York Times and uh, other mainstream media uh, ridiculed him for misspelling coffee or, you know, whatever, uh, however they, they criticized him. And what it really means is, in the end, we win. The meaning of Kofefe was in the end we win, and, and Google went out of its way to censor the results of that on its search engine. Exactly. Exactly. The, the, the Google attempt... So, okay, go ahead. Yeah, and so, and so that's what really triggered him, and then he started uh, looking more into what uh, Google was doing, and he found a whole program on machine learning fairness which is, you know, basically a technical term for uh, Google um, search uh, routines changing the results of searches based on their definition of what constitutes fairness. So you could be looking up something about, say, illegal immigration, for example, and they will come up with a definition that fits their terms for fairness rather than what the truth is. And they will blot out the truth if it is um, in conflict with what they think is fair and what they think people ought to know. And so this really frightened him and put him on the path to really look into this and finally um, become a whistleblower. Truly amazing. It really is, and and this guy is so important, Zach Voorhees. Again, who you will speak yep. with as um, uh, as a part of this it's online Sunday. national s- online security briefing on Sunday, right? Seven thirty yep. p.m. And we'll tell people how they can watch and participate in that in a minute. Right. But right. Um, while working at YouTube uh, uh, in his final years, Zach uh, learned that Google was not only censor- censoring fake news. And finding about uh, uh, you know actual events that had happened, determining uh, determining them and labeling them as fake, and thus removing them. But they yeah. had also created an AI system, an artificial intelligence system, to classify all available data to Google search. The reason right. 
Google wanted to classify all the data so it could be used by this AI system to re-rank the entirety of the Internet according to Google's corporate cultural values. And that is what the real expose here is, right, is what Google's corporate cultural values are. Yeah, that's, that's what machine learning fairness is. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So he anonymously leaked right. the doc. He anonymously leaked internet documents to Project Veritas and and went public right. on this. Um, yep. And 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 what was Google's response uh, when he did this? <laughs> right, they uh, reported to the police that they were concerned. They they well, I forget what they call it. A wellness check. They wanted the police to do a wellness check which is code word for saying the guy's either homicidal or suicidal and needs to be, you know, looked at. And so the police sent in a SWAT team. They blocked off three blocks around um, uh, Zach's house and put snipers on the roofs around him and demanded that he come out of his house. Now, I believe his girlfriend was in his house, but he wasn't. He was down the street at a friend's house, and he heard all this commotion and then finally figured out what was going on, so he came out and came down the street, put his hands up, and walked carefully towards them. And, of course, you know, then they took him into custody. I mean, the whole thing was like literally a SWAT takedown. And this was Google's way of basically intimidating him by making pretend that they were concerned about him. And, and, you know, it's another aspect of what the hard left does. When you do something they don't like or they disagree with, they call you insane. They call you crazy. They say you're a danger to society. They say you're a menace to society. And, I mean, that's not even a new strategy. It actually comes out of the Marxist Frankfurt School's uh, publication called The Authoritarian Personality. And in that book, they make the argument that if you uh, believe in uh, uh, American principles, the rule of law, uh, you are by definition an authoritarian personality with Nazi-like tendencies and you're a racist whether you even know it or not. So in other words, they predefine people along their uh, definitions of what's healthy as literally crazy and insane. And now we see that every day where, where uh, liberal uh, psychologists and people are saying, yes, conservatives have some kind of mental problem. I mean, this is where it all came from. This is a longstanding strategy to defame, discredit, and marginalize real Americans who believe in our nation, believe in our Constitution, our rule of law, and they are working feverishly to turn us into a marginalized group that uh, uh, might as well just be, uh, you know, eliminated from the face of the earth because we're just we're, we're crazy people who can't be trusted. Right. I mean, it's really, really, really dangerous. 
Yeah, it is. Every bit of that. Um, here's my concern. We're talking to Jim Simpson uh, of the Red Green Axis Exposed um, about an online briefing that's going to be held with Zach Voorhees, the Google machine learning fairness whistleblower, Zach Voorhees. Um, my concern is, is, is how do we fight back against this? Because they have so much power to see and, and share and to hide what we hear and what we learn and what we read. Um, because what you described that they did to Zach Voorhees after he leaked all of this stuff to Project Veritas, um, yeah. you say it was done to intimidate him. I would argue yeah. it was done to intimidate the next guy and the next guy, oh, anybody well, else yeah. who yeah. in, in, yeah. in Google, YouTube, or anywhere else, you don't ever even think about crossing us because this is what's going to happen to you. That's, and if they're terrified of, of releasing this information, we'll never know what's going on, uh, inside those closed doors. Right, and and you know that also is a broad-based strategy. I mean, that's essentially what they're doing with uh, President Trump. Uh, you know, he's defying them. He's doing a great job. They're making sure that anybody who might follow him knows that this is what they can look forward to. It, it's not merely to take down President Trump, although that's the first, uh, uh, you know, that's the first goal. But much bigger than that, I mean, they've already said that, well, he may not be able to be approachable in some of these issues as a president, but wait till he's a private citizen. So the implication is uh, that that they're going to go after President Trump when he's no longer president to make make an object lesson of him or anybody else who might consider defying the uh, deep state communists is essentially what they are right that is that is exactly what they are jim simpson is my guest from red green axis exposed jim i need to take a time out here but hold on for a second because i want to ask you a little bit more about this online security uh briefing that's coming up on sunday and then i also want to ask you more tell people what rga is uh that's coming up next right here on am 1420 the answer it's the bob france authority here on am 1420 the answer. All right, 1052, final segment. Uh, I've got a few minutes left here with Jim Simpson, uh, who is the author of The Red Green Axis Exposed and its follow-up. Uh, he is also uh, the founder of Red Green Axis Exposed uh, as an organization. And I don't what do we call this, uh, Jim. Act for America, I think everybody knows that is something you worked with, with Dan, Dan Ramada and others worked with. They do great work. Um, what are we calling The Red Green Axis Exposed? Not the book, but what you, are, uh, what you have formed. Okay. Well, let me just correct you slightly. The the book is actually called The Red Green Axis 2.0, and then the first one was The Red Green Axis, and they both have subheadings, but uh, and those can be found on Amazon.com. But uh, The Red Green Axis Exposed is an organization we created to deliberate, to, to, uh, <laughs> excuse me, <coughs> to expose the Red Green Axis for what it really is. And what it really is is a collaboration between the Reds, which are the communists, the socialists, the, most of the professional Democratic Party, if not all of it, 
and the Greens, who are the Muslim Brotherhood organizations, Council on American Islamic Relations, groups like that, who combined are working to undermine our rule of law and uh, basically take down our society so that in the ashes they can um, they can take over. And that's what it's about, and it's been what it's about for a long time. And my estimation, you know, a lot of people think it's a marriage of convenience where the Muslims and the Democrats work together against the common enemy, but um, I believe that it's, uh, you know, in an organization there is always a hierarchy, and the left doesn't get involved in anything where it does not the one to call the shots. And so, uh, and, and the left is much more pervasive, much more powerful in the United States. And so, but the Islamic groups are the perfect wrecking ball against the Constitution because under the protection of the First Amendment, they can come in and claim to claim religious exemption and then use that position to uh, attempt to impose a competing uh, legal system to the U.S. Constitution, which basically is a way of undermining the Constitution. And the left is doing that in all other areas, for example, with illegal immigration. They are undermining the rule of law with their efforts to shut down free speech. They are deliberately trying to obliterate the First Amendment. So these two work together, and it's a very, very diabolical um, organizational uh, uh, collusion, if you will. And uh, and th- these are people who have no ethics. The, the left does not believe in ethics except as so far as it advances their agenda and the Muslims believe that they are uh, called to a different ethic which has nothing to do with the U.S. Constitution and the rule of law. So they both feel totally free uh, with no conscience to come after and destroy our country. Uh, The only thing that always baffles me about them is do they really believe what they're going to replace it with is going to be of benefit to them? Because it's not. It's going to destroy our world as we know it. And they will be victims along with the rest of us. And it baffles me that they don't get that. But then again, uh, if you're a leftist, you already are so ideologically committed that truth can't crack its way into your that's that's very well said that that, that is exactly right um jim simpson again is uh uh the author of red green axis exposed as well at red green axis and then red green axis 2.0 so the group is red green axis exposed and you want to be a part of this online security briefing on sunday it's going to be held at 7 30 and if you want to be a part of it, you need to email to get a link to the uh, uh, to the event. It's going to be Jim Simpson interviewing and discussing all of the above with Zach Voorhees, the Google whistleblower, um, who has been targeted essentially ever since he decided to uh, share 950 pages of Google documents with Project Veritas for the purposes of turning them over to the uh, DOJ um, to uh, to get them to look into the incredible censorship powers. 
censorship of information and voices that right. Google and some right. of the other tech giants possess. Right. So if you need right. uh, if you need the link. And you would like to uh, to see and listen, uh, send an email to rga at eaglefiremail.com. Just write that down. I'll do it again more slowly for you. R-G-A for red-green access. Uh, access. R-G-A at eaglefiremail.com. And then uh, they'll send you a link so that you can be a part of the online briefing on Sunday. This is uh, extraordinarily important. This is the first uh, first online briefing, right, since RGA Exposed was formed? In its current format, we've been right. holding uh, briefings, but uh, under mostly under Act for America, working I was working together right. with them. Yeah, but this is the first. This is the first one under the new organization that has been formed called yes. Red Green Axis Exposed, and so it's an important one, and it's a great start too. Because what Zach Voorhees, the story that he has to tell, we've only just glossed over, obviously, through this conversation. The story he has to tell is a very important one. There's a lot of depth to it, and you really need to understand how your privacy and your ability to learn and listen and speak are all impacted by uh, big tech in uh, in Silicon Valley. Jim Simpson, thank you so much for all the great information and all the work that you put into this we'll talk to you again very soon hey bob great to be with you thanks again always a pleasure thank you sir that's jim simpson he wraps it up for us here on this thursday edition tomorrow it will be a free-for-all friday kind of like it's a free-for-all in washington dc right now at the senate trial of president trump over the impeachment nonsense so we'll uh, give you an opportunity to be heard tomorrow uh, until then, stay where you are because Mike Gallagher is coming up next. He'll be followed by Prager, Dr. Gorka, Jay Sekulow live. Jay Sekulow, a big part of what's going on in defense of the president. Um, and uh, then, of course, Larry Elder. Stay right here on AM 1420, the answer for true conservative news talk without the buffoonery you get elsewhere. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.